Welcome to Inside Surgery, a podcast from the European Association for Endoscopic Surgery. Welcome to Inside Surgery. This is Hamish McKenzie recording live from the EAES Winter Symposium of Innovation in Surgery in Bucharest. I'll be capturing a range of conversations from delegates, presenters, faculty and committee members to give a flavour to the wider EAES membership of what this symposium is all about. So let's get going. The sessions this morning have kicked off with a really interesting um, overview of education uh, within surgery, looking at some of the technological challenges, looking at some of the access challenges. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Juan Sanchez Magallo from Spain. Um, Would you mind just introducing yourself and the institution you're from? Thank you so much. Welcome. Good morning. I'm from the Minimal Invasive Surgery Center in Cáceres uh, from the Department of uh, Bioengineering and Medical Technology. Great. Now, um, you started the uh, symposium this morning talking about the challenge of training the next generation of surgeons and the challenge of uh, accessing good, high-quality training simulations. Can you talk through some of the modes that people are accessing technology to improve their surgical skills? Yeah, that's uh, that's a very hot topic right now, especially with the introduction of robotic surgery. So we have a robotic surgery that's a robotic platform everywhere. So we need like some tools in order to learn at least the basic uh, skills uh, for robotic surgery. So we have technical skills. We need to know how to deal with the the functional and technical requirements. That sometimes it's not it's not easy because you have maybe one or two platforms at your hospital. Uh, they are not available for everyone. So maybe you need to, to have like a learning platform, you need to have like a virtual reality platform, or maybe an inanimate model to be used with, uh, with a, a benchmark or, a, or a, a system like a box trainer. So that's one of the reasons that it's, uh, these kind of uh, tools are very important, for, especially for new developments, uh, a new tool for robotic and uh, minimal invasive surgery. And in terms of those tools, you talked in, in, in your session about e-learning being the kind of base platform where you can have literally hundreds of thousands of users at very low cost, moving through to more bespoke VR models, which have generally been developed by industry partners. For example, some of the robotic partners are looking at um, uh, giving people basic skills or the, the, the docking and undocking of their systems via VR programs through to the combination of physical desktop models which may integrate technology such as augmented reality. Where do you see that move? Do you see there being um, a lot of innovation in this industry at the moment? Do you see us being able to open access to more surgeons by engaging with this technology better? Or do you think it's just a natural progression that will that will come on stream? I think the, the developments right now are moved by companies and technology the progress of the technology because right now we we can see for example the 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 metaverse so that's something that everyone wants to know what's that like a combination of mixed reality the combination of a digital twin so we have uh, like a uh, artificial intelligence and also we have a uh, virtual reality so the combination it's uh, that's uh, incredible so that's outstanding especially for the for the training environment so so these words you know ai and mixed reality and metaverse 
they're used a lot in public discourse, but I think sometimes we need to debunk these terms. So when you're talking about AI within training or you're talking about the metaverse, what do we actually mean by that? Or what, in your context, what do you mean by that? Well, the use of artificial intelligence is creating um, a virtual environment that it's uh, realistic and can be adapted to the situation. So it's not something, it's kind of intelligent environment, training environment, in which you have a digital twin that is basically um, a digital version of a real patient with a, um, with a pathology, with a behavior, a realistic behavior. So it is, it's moved by artificial intelligence. So it can be the merge of different sources of information. We can have like a, a medical imaging, uh, like MRI scan, for example, of uh, electronic history of the patient. So we can merge all that information using artificial intelligence and create an artificial version of a digital version of a real patient. So we can use that in a metaverse or in a virtual reality scenario. So if I followed your track there, what we're saying about the AI is that we can bring in different data sources, uh, we can create really good simulations of patients before any kind of operating procedure takes place, and then we can place them into some kind of virtual environment. So the, the AI pulls the data together and simulates, and then we place that simulation within a virtual environment so that we can practice and do cognitive rehearsal and, and so, so on. Is that, is that right? Is that right? Totally right. It's a combination for technical skills, cognitive skills, to awareness of the, your environment. Because in these cases, like a, the behavior is more or less the same that you can find in a real uh, scenario. So in this case, it's virtual, but it's adapted by uh, intelligence, by yeah. artificial intelligence. So that's uh, a very nice combination. So the use of different sources of information that can be uh, merged and adapted to a certain uh, training scenario. Fantastic. So one of the other key, um, I suppose, modalities for training is team training. Where do you see technology and particularly, you know, virtual and mixed reality working with team training where, a, a, you know, a group of colleagues is working together to, to, to drive a single outcome? That's something that we need to work on because it's, uh, nowadays most of the systems or more of the platform, training platform are focused on uh, main surgeon or residents. But we need to, to have uh, the involvement also the, of the nurses, the surgical assistant. So we, it's like a, if you go inside a OR, you find like a surgical team. So there are a lot of people working together. So it's, um, it's good to have like a, a training platform in which you can uh, have the, the participation of the different uh, roles inside the uh, operating room. So for that reason, we have like the use of mixed reality devices, for example, that they can uh, share the same holographic model with different people at the same place or, or maybe in a different place, but they are working on the same environment, the training environment. Uh, just, just for listeners there, in terms of mixed reality, what we're talking about is a, a headset worn by the surgeon or the person training where you can still see the world around you, but you're overlaying uh, digital information on top. So you mentioned a hologram, which is you know, typically you know, a patient or you know, a piece of pathology or something like that. But actually, it can be very powerful, mixed reality, if you're working with other people and you need to keep your eyes in the real world as well as having digital world. That's it. That's one of the reasons that I think 
uh, mixed reality has a very important role in surgery, surgical training in this case, because you don't miss the your your, your environment, your real environment. So in an operating room, uh, it's uh, you cannot wear like a, for example the virtual reality headset because you need to know exactly where is the patient, and you need to know the 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 data, and you need to know what is happening around the operating room. So if you are using a mixed reality in this case to augment uh, the environment in which you are working on, it's uh, you need to know what is happening around. So that's one of the reasons that a mixed reality it's a very powerful tool in this case, in these scenarios. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think is kind of worth mentioning is how common some of these devices are becoming in the general world. So outside of surgical training, particularly companies like Meta, there's been a lot of press about the Apple um, entrance into the mixed reality market. Does that excite you for the future of uh, training on these kind of consumer devices? Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, they are doing a fantastic work right now. Is a lot of competition with uh, with the new Oculus Quest, with uh, with the new uh, Apple headset. So that's amazing. The the technology and the possibilities that they can offer, especially augmenting the reality. That's incredible. So we are moving very fast. We know now. Right now we have the Holo, Hololens. So they are like uh, the 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 well-known headset for Microsoft device. Yes. Yeah. So, but now we have a, a one step forward. That is the the, the, the Apple device and also the Quest the, Three. The Quest Three, though the, the the possibilities, I think they can offer a lot of options and possibilities in surgical training. Definitely. So there was quite an interesting um, question from the audience in uh, during your talk, which was around the gamification of learning and why is it that when we see um, AAA games, uh, they look like movies? It's literally you know hard to distinguish uh, a film from these games. Whereas when we see sur- surgical simulations, they are lower fidelity and they are they look a bit like a game from the nineteen nineties rather than you know today. What's your feeling on that? Do you think the, 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 the budgets will follow when people see the power of these tools? Or do you think it's just one of those things that's always going to be uh, a lesser product because it isn't that many users in comparison with these, these big movie title games? I think it's that, basically. It's a uh, it's matter of funds. Uh, we have, uh, of course, the, the industry of games are incredible. It's almost uh, the films more or less the same, or even in some cases more. So for that reason, they develop a uh, like fantastic application and virtual reality environment for games. Yep. But in the case of surgery, we need to work more on that because we don't have like at exactly the same level and the same number of users. So maybe for that reason, we don't have the same quality of uh, the products that we develop for surgical training and the ones that we develop for, for gaming. It's uh, gaming are everywhere, so... But I think the thing with the games is that, you know, there is an educational um, approach to games, which is around practice and is around unlocking levels and uh, trying and trying and trying again. And that idea of being able to progress at your own pace. And I think, you know, as educators, it's something which we can take that gamification mode of learning and apply to other fields. Yeah. In the case of... uh training in robotic and minimal invasive surgery is the same. So we need to engage new users. We need to engage the residents. If we give them like a um, training platform with virtual reality, 
maybe can be boring at the, the beginning if you don't have like a something challenging, something fun. So if you engage them to have a competition or you engage them to, to do like a maybe a mission or something like that, it's like a much better because it's like a, they forgot about the, the training in, in surgery and they focus on just gaming, but it's a translation of skills. Like you are, while you are gaming, you're learning new technical skills yeah. for, for your surgery. Yeah, you forget about the learning, you're just having fun, but actually you're developing skills and those skills you can then place into the context of uh, surgical training or, or practice. That's great. So it all sounds very exciting for the future here. What are you working on at the moment? What, what excites you most about the next kind of two years of development? Right now we are working on developing more realistic models for training. So the idea is try to find a way to reduce the number of calabaric models and uh, animal models. So as a training center, that, I think that's very important. And if you have a more realistic model uh, made by silicon, made by 3D printing or bioprinting, so you can get the models with, uh, that can uh, imitate bleeding, leakage, so you can cut, you can uh, suture. So that's something that we are working right now because it's like a, now the industry developing new materials and also the 3D printing technology are really, really good and they are evolving a lot. So yeah. they, are, they can give us like a lot of possibilities in the, the field of uh, surgical training. And that's, I suppose, where you get to the final part, which is the kind of inanimate um, benchtop models where you can combine phantoms and proxies with technology. So you might be able to look at it with a mixed reality headset on and see, um, you know, some bleeding or see uh, a, a certain you know, anatomical structure that you're trying to avoid. And you can trigger that and you can keep it going without any... Uh, jeopardy for say an animal or you know or within the cadaveric training but also you can train for the difficult um you know highly complex but perhaps low frequency things that you might um you might encounter as a surgeon um to me virtual reality seems like a really good uh technology to be able to support that yeah definitely we had we can have a combination we can have an inanimate model and also to enhance that, mod that model with mixed reality so that's a very nice combination in which you can have a you can have feedback force feedback yeah. if you are using laparoscopic tools but also you can have a, an additional ledger with a enhancement of information like maybe uh, you can have like a, a sources of information like a medical imaging for example that can help uh, resident or students to learn more about like uh, the model that they are using for training. So that combination can be like a very good for the early stages of training, especially minimal invasive surgery, in which you need to know what is happening inside the patient. So using a combination of uh, inanimate models and also mixed reality technology, that can be a very, very nice combination for the, for the development of training models. Well, it sounds fascinating. Really, really exciting times um, ahead in terms of new technologies within surgical training. I really appreciate your, your, your talk this morning and also you know, your time with us now. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Join the Medtronic team at EAS Congress 2024 in Maastricht, where we will take the spotlight as the exclusive provider of surgical solutions across open laparoscopic and robotics. Discover the pinnacle of our surgical ecosystem 
and how we are setting new standards in surgical innovations for you and your patients. See you there. So we're just at a coffee break at the uh, International Symposium on Surgery and I'm delighted to be joined by Salvador Morales-Conde and of course Ariana Pell. We were just talking about the development of the Winter Meat concept and how the first one was last year in Malta. I think you had 150 delegates, yeah. but this is almost 100% up, is that right? Absolutely, yeah. And I'm talking to the spiritual father of uh, the Symposium Innovation in Surgery, if I might call you uh, <laughs> that. Um, yeah, it used to be an internal meeting. Only uh, our committees and boards and um, half a day technology symposium, which was probably attended by 25 or 30 people more. But what we recognized during COVID is that uh, we need an additional point time in a year where we meet our members. So we came up uh, with the slogan, the EAS, fam the EAS family also uh, meets in winter, right? That's right. And, and the idea comes like, in the past, I was uh, coming to all the winter meetings, but I saw that the winter meeting was in the same city where the annual Congress is. So doing twice in the same place something doesn't make sense because you don't commit the people. People will come in June. So this was the idea, how we can spread the message. So let's make it in two cities and maybe select cities in which you will never make an annual Congress uh, because of the size, because of the uh, difficult to reach, or things like that. So we decided to make this symposium innovation in surgery. We promote the EAS and we have more people than normal. And in fact, this is a clear example. Normally, 20, 25 registrations. Today, 301. Amazing. So we, are in the, we are in the perfect path to success. This is great, but it's not just about the meeting and the conversations and all the networking which is happening here. It's also about the hands-on training yesterday and I believe there's some tomorrow. Can you talk a bit about that program and why that's so important to the EAES? Yeah, we have the cake. The cake is the Symposium Innovation in Surgery. Now we have to pay to put every little details to the cake okay. uh, so people can eat it. So the cake is good, so but we, let's, let's make it like more attractive. So we put flowers, we put sun creams and stuff like that. So what we're doing here, so we put a cadaver course, we do a hands-on course, uh, an ultrasound course. So when people come, can double the opportunity to learn. So they come to the symposium, they learn the symposium, but they can do a cadaver course, they can do an ultrasound course, and they double the possibilities of learning and education. And I think one of the interesting things, we're here in Romania today and I was talking to one of the, um, the faculty from the course yesterday and they're saying how keen people are to learn, the enthusiasm for getting the hands-on training and the next generation of surgeons coming through. They don't just want lectures, they want to also be able to do things, get hands-on and actually commit to you know, their own training pathways. Yeah, that's, that's the point. And beside that, you have to think that this symposium have a special flavour and this is, that, is the place where you see what is coming in surgery which is important. A new generation wants to know what they're going to face in 10 years, or in five years, or in two years, because things are coming very fast. So they're able to see in this symposium of innovation in surgery, what is the innovation they're going to face in the coming years. So that is very exciting for the new generation. Yeah, I mean, it was fascinating this morning hearing the innovation just within education, you know, in terms of looking at um, e-learning platforms, virtual reality, mixed reality, uh, desktop uh, AR and so on. It's, it, it seems to be evolving at such pace at the moment. Yeah, besides that, you have to, I remember going to congresses 10 years ago and if you have a session on education, nobody was there. Yeah. Now it's packed. Why? Because it's exciting to see how AI is impacting that, all the new platform, all the simulator. So now it's very exciting to see how the paradigm of training and education and change and it's going to change in the coming years.
Fascinating. Well, we need more young members, so I think that's a, that's a great call to action from the. Uh, what did you say? That the father of uh, the father of the winter the meat. Actual father of the winter meat. I'm especially interested in what what's your favourite channel to gain new insights? Is it congresses? I mean, you're of course a young man, still a young man, but uh, another generation. But what's your favourite channel on getting new new insights? Is it congress? Is it digital is it what do you do yourself i think we have to be very active in social media there's no doubt i mean if you make noise in social media we will we will attract new members mm -hmm. and now with the new task force communication and in fact the new chairman that was elected was elected yesterday i think they will make a lot of noise in the surgical community and that will attract members of course they have to come because every time i talk to someone that, that for the first time come to this meeting they say wow this is the Congress to come, and this is the, the message that we want to express. Come here, see, and then get engaged with the society. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we stick as uh, EAS. Once you've been there, you want to come again and again and again, right? I know I do, and I'm not even a surgeon. So yeah. this is <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Salvador. And, uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Pleasure. Thanks for joining Inside Surgery. Please visit our website at eaes.eu for a wealth of resources, information, events and research to support surgeons from across the region.